historical context of 49ers quarterbacks and the injuries that go back 20 years now. And star running back Christian McCaffrey talks about NFL running back positional value. Have we gone too far with devaluing running backs? Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at DD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to the everydayers. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. And for those everydayers, you know what time it is when we do the Winky Wednesday episodes. So let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Can't believe it. What's happening, Wink? How are you? How, how's the uh, offseason treating you so far? We're, we're getting pretty close to the dead period of the 49ers and, and NFL offseason, although uh, I love the OTA nuggets that are coming through here. And it does feel like a fresh new season before they shut it down again before training camp. Yeah, I feel like we've been spoiled the last couple of months, too. And, and so, yeah, when it hits, and it will hit, and everybody will be just you know trying to cling on to every single nugget of information that pops out there. When it does... Just be careful with what you run with out there because a lot of people get one little tiny thing and they're like, oh, this is truth. This is gospel. This is what we got yeah. to talk about well, for the next five days. It's hard. And, and Croc and I talked about this a little bit last week when OTAs got going. It's like the, the right now for 2023, we have one sample and that is mm-hmm. one OTA. And it's like, yes. oh, this guy's good. This guy's not. Fix his delivery. Okay. And it's like, it's one practice. Like there's, we we can't go crazy with this, but uh, you know that's how starved we are for information when it comes to the NFL. And I love it, and that's why I love the folks out there listening every day throughout the off season. That's why Croc and I do this every day throughout the off season. Some interesting nuggets uh, in uh, in the Twitter sphere as well as it pertains to the 49ers and uh, some topics here. And uh, guys, I want to talk about this one first. Let's start with uh, with running back and Christian McCaffrey because he was on with Rich Eisen and he had some interesting comments and he knows that the running back position has been devalued in the NFL. And this was McCaffrey's quote on the Rich Eisen show talking about running back value currently as it stands in the NFL. And this is what he said, quote, no one's asked me this question yet, but I do have some opinions on it. I think when you look at, when you look back in history and look at what the running back position has meant to football, they touch the ball more than anybody. And I was a guy who liked Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, some of the best to ever do it. And these guys, they didn't just play for a long time. They played well for a long time. And I look at Derrick Henry as another example. Derrick Henry is older than I am. And uh, that guy's done nothing but produce. He goes on to say, I look at what Saquon Barkley brings to the Giants. I look at what Josh Jacobs bring to the Raiders. All these backs around the league who have done so many amazing things for their team They've been clutched. They carry the ball. They catch the ball out of the backfield. They provide multiple threats. They create mismatches. They make defensive coordinators think. And I think there's a lot of value in that. And then he says, uh, somewhere along the line, the running back position has been undervalued, in my opinion, for what they're asked to do. And I think there's a lot of guys out there are scared to speak up about that for multiple reasons. I don't know when the value of a yard got diminished. What do you guys think on the value of running backs? Have we gone too far? And and you guys can feel free to crush me because I'm I've been one of the bus drivers <laughs> of the running backs don't matter movement as it pertains to current NFL backs. I wonder is there a stat out there that shows how much running backs get hurt compared to other positions? Yeah. Because I feel like that's something that's happening 
more than ever before. You talk about Frank Gore and his longevity with the 49ers and how many games he played. And I know early on, I mean, this is a guy coming off two torn ACLs out of Miami. Then he gets to the 49ers. And I want to say he missed some games early, but or, maybe not. But, I mean, he played a ton. And it feels like you just don't see that anymore. And you got Christian McCaffrey talking about the value of a running back. And he's coming off of missing the majority of the previous two seasons before going to the 49ers. So I think it feels like that's part of it where, Mm -hmm. you know, he mentioned Saquon Barkley. How many games has Saquon Barkley missed for the New York Giants? (laughs) Yeah. And look, it's not surprising that a running back feels that his position has been undervalued and it has been devalued basically throughout his career. And he's seen it firsthand. He's probably like, what's going on? Uh, He got a nice little payday, but some other guys aren't. It's funny because he mentioned what five running backs and how many rings do those backs have? You got to go back to the 90s. Emmett Smith's got a lot of rings. He's running behind the best offensive line maybe ever assembled in, in, in the NFL, right? Like they were killing guys up front. Sanders, famously, what they won one playoff game with Barry Sanders. Um, the New York Giants have been trash Barkley's entire career until last year. McCaffrey knows how many games the Panthers have won with him, you know, being the number one pick in fantasy drafts. The Raiders haven't won anything with, with Josh Jacobs. Uh, and he, he talks about the value of a yard. Christian McCaffrey didn't even lead the 49ers in yards per carry last year. In fact, he wasn't second or third, I don't think. I think he was fourth behind Debo as well and J.P. Mason and um, and Elijah Mitchell in yards per carry. Now he does a ton out of the backfield, and that's the part where I agree with, with Christian McCaffrey is there's not just running value, and in fact, that's the devalue is the running aspect of it because there's so many other factors in it, and there's no doubt that Christian McCaffrey is the best running back on the 49ers, but you know if you're talking about the value of a yard, he didn't – he, he didn't have the best yards per carry as a runner, but he does so much as a, as a receiver. And that's where the value is in the modern day running back. If you're not really impactful in the passing game, I'm not super interested, but, but Croc nailed it. It's, it's, uh, it's attrition. Like think of all the games yeah. that running backs that he mentioned have missed. Right. And, and guys yeah. just don't carry the load anymore. And I don't know if they're more injured than they ever were before, but yeah, if you got to go back to the, if the, if your first example of why running backs are valuable, you got to go back to 1992. It's probably not a great point. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, guys are bigger, faster, stronger, right? So these running backs that are bigger, faster, and stronger are running into guys that are bigger, faster, and stronger. And so it really does kind of diminish their their longevity, right? So they're kind of like these stars that come out and shine really bright for a season or two, and that's when they want to get paid. And then at that time, then they start to decline because their bodies have worn down, this and that. I mean, you could look at Le'Veon Bell, right? A guy who was the best running back in football for a few years took a year off for a contract dispute, came back and, and was a shell of himself, right? I mean, you could even go back to guys, you know, you, he mentioned, you know, Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders. He didn't mention Bo Jackson, who was maybe the best running back of all time, but couldn't stay healthy, couldn't stay out there, couldn't, couldn't get on the field because he got hurt so much. So I think that the injury thing definitely, you know, plays a huge part in why we undervalue running backs. But maybe we should be giving them more money for those few seasons where they are really just exploding and being amazing because they can change a game. They can change a season. They, they can really be something special, which we saw from McCaffrey coming over last year. Yeah, he didn't lead the team in yards per carry, but what a lightning rod he was for that 49er offense. The better idea would have been for Christian McCaffrey and some of these other guys as well, don't play running back. Don't play yeah. receiver. Right? Like how good – and this was a conversation with McCaffrey coming out because people thought he was a little bit more on the smaller side. You know, he's about six feet tall, 205 pounds. But – Go play in the slot. Like, yeah. how good would he have been playing there? And then just think about how much more money he would have made. 
He probably sure. be on his third contract right now. He would have got his second, and then they would have got it re up, right? So you still have that uh, run after catch ability. You know, he would have been really good with that. He has soft hands. He knows how to attack the ball at his highest point in the air. We saw him do that with the 49ers against the Rams in the end zone. You know, he's a terrific pass catcher, and maybe, and, and then he takes less of beating. So he's probably injured less, gets the ball probably as much, if not more, because he still catches a lot of passes. But he's catching more in space and downfield, and he's making about eight more million dollars per year, and nobody's even thinking twice about it. It's wild that you're more valued t- by touching the ball less, because you look at where Debo gets the ball versus where Christian McCaffrey gets the ball, and if you just took out over half of Christian McCaffrey's carries as a running back, they're utilized the same. But Debo's more valuable to the NFL. And so I, I bet that's where Christian McCaffrey is coming from. He's like, wait a second, I'm doing more. How can I be less value than some of these other guys in the league? And, you know, attrition is the biggest one. And, of course, the how, how high the floor is for replacement-level players. Because if you lose an edge rusher, if you lose an offensive tackle, if you lose a quarterback, if you lose a wide receiver, it's harder to find that guy off the street that can come in and play. You can find a guy off the street that can come in and play a certain level of running back in the NFL, as the 49ers have shown with late-round picks and undrafted free agents. So that's also where the value comes in with how often they get hurt. And it's almost like, and that's the thing I talked about, the yards per carry. I almost don't want to see Christian McCaffrey on the field on first downs because right. I want him to be healthy in week 17 on third downs. And so that's the other part with Christian McCaffrey because he was so good. He was better than I, I, I would have expected. Like he, he was more impactful than, than I even imagined uh, coming in last year. John Lynch said he was more impactful than he imagined. They didn't even think he was as good as he was going to be. You know, Christian McCaffrey was awesome. Well, and, and but here, think, hold on, but, but do we think he's going to be healthy for 20 more games again? Mm. That's what you need to go win a Super Bowl. And if he's awesome for eight games and breaks his damn leg because he's a running back, which is what happens to NFL running backs, what was the point of all of it? Because it's just Elijah Mitchell and J.P. Mason again, if, if they're healthy. You, you talked about kind of being able to have somebody step in and be a running back. And I don't think anybody in here will say that De, De, uh, Devontae Foreman, uh, the running back for the Panthers, uh, excuse me, Dante Foreman, is better mm. than Christian McCaffrey. But mm. when you talk about just coming in and just being able to be productive, maybe not the same impact, but I'm productive. Carolina Panthers, what they do, they trade it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. And prior to that, Foreman had five yards, nine yards, two yards, two yards, and 19 yards in those games. They trade McCaffrey away. Foreman steps in as a starter. 118 yards. 118 yards. Has a low game, 23 yards. The next game, 130 yards. Has a low game, 24 yards. The next game, 113 yards, 74 yards, 165 yards. So we're talking about just being able to be productive, and that's on it. Panthers, that mm-hmm. right there is probably says more about why running backs aren't valued as much because again, not quite the impact as Christian McCaffrey, but damn productive. Yeah. Over, I want to go off what a decent stretch of games. What Peacock said about you know McCaffrey being healthy for the whole thing and talking about hey maybe we should take away half of his carries. Yeah, all of those carries inside the tackles take them away. Like don't run this guy in between the tackles. You have yourself kind of a another you know, sort of wing back, right? You have another or wide back. You know, him and Debo should kind of be playing a similar type of ball where, where if they do get the ball in the backfield, run it outside. Like, don't be running into 350-pound men. Like, what are you doing? 
and that's where the argument gets sort of circular, but then it's a lot of his values because he could do anything. So you want him on the field. So that way the defense doesn't know how to treat you. So you don't want to take him off the field. So you want him on first downs and he's a good running back. That's where it gets difficult with running backs. And, and look, knock, I wish I could wave a wand and running backs wouldn't get hurt. We could have seen a full career of, of Bo Jackson and we know for sure that McCaffrey is going to be healthy for an entire playoff run and an entire season with the 49ers. Yeah. Or Elijah sure. Mitchell. Healthy yeah, for, yeah. for sure. Right. Agreed. But unfortunately, that's not the way it works. But, you know, you hope Christian McCaffrey does stay healthy because it, it was awesome seeing him on the field. And, I, and, and really a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan, too. And, like, the Panthers' running game got better. And the Panthers as a team got better. It wasn't because of Christian McCaffrey, but something worked well for the 49ers with McCaffrey and something worked really well with the Panthers without McCaffrey. And I don't know what it is, but uh, I think it's, again, tied into positional value and uh, of the running back position. So really interesting. And, again, uh, I'm not surprised that a running back He's kind of doesn't like that his position's being devalued in the NFL. But um, yeah, and so we'll see what it looks like in in, in the uh, 2023 season with with all the backs that that he mentioned, you know, some of the star backs in the NFL. Next, let's talk quarterbacks here because an interesting pondering, if you shook things up and you gave Bill Walsh the current 49ers quarterbacks, you gave Kyle Shanahan maybe someone like Joe Montana. How would things look? Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for that delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to try the best tasting bar on the planet, which is Built. And if you're like me, you're trying to make healthier snack choices. I know Croc has been really calculating the, the macros to, uh, to, the, uh, to the nth degree, really, and uh, looking good, by the way, Croc, uh, with, uh, with all the workouts you've been doing. But you don't want to compromise on taste, right? So. Built Bars, Built Puffs, they are the treats for you. Healthy, can taste amazing. I don't know how Built does it, but they taste so darn good. Yet, look at these macros. We're talking 17 grams of protein in most every Built Bar. There is only 130 calories, 140 calories in most Built Bars. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar. Low in net carbs as well. So, low calorie, low sugar, high protein treat. That's what you need. I've got the peanut butter right here. The classic peanut butter bar. That is my favorite. You can find those right now at built.com. All the varieties, all the puffs. Vanilla puff is the newest. Coconut brownie chunk puff. Birthday cake puff. They've even got the granola bars and the uh, the protein balls as well. And you get a mixed box if you're not sure what flavor you want. And you can find them on your store shelves like Walmart and Sam's Club. So go to built.com right now and find your flavor and thank us later. Speaking of working out and getting healthy, Croc, over the uh, the Memorial Day weekend, did you do the Murph? I did. Can you tell the listeners what the Murph is? Because it, it makes me sore just hearing about what this thing is. So I actually did it. I actually did it on Monday. Uh, it's popularized in the CrossFit world. And, you know, a lot of you know, like typically mornings I, I do my CrossFit. Uh, it, it started with Lieutenant Murph, uh, Michael Murphy, who uh, he's the main person I want to say in the uh, Lone Survivor, which I just found out. I watched Lone Survivor a while ago and somebody was like, yeah, well, this is based on uh, Michael Murphy. So uh, the Murph is, it's a workout that he did. And it, again, it's popular in the uh, CrossFit community and they have a bunch of different workouts that are named after people for various reasons. But on Memorial Day, they actually do the Murph, which is uh, you start off with a one mile run. Well, first of all, you do the whole workout in a 20 pound weighted vest. Okay, I'm out. I'm, I'm out already. Yep. <laughs> so you do the whole workout in a 20-pound weighted vest. Uh, you, you do one mile, and then you do 100 pull-ups, 200 In the vest? Yeah. 100 uh, in a row. 
No, I mean, yeah, I mean, you do 100. However, you have to break it up. Is it is it timed? You time it. it people do. You keep track of the time. Okay, but it's so, just, it just has to be finished like over the course of a day. You you do it at one time, like just straight through. Just straight. Okay. 100 yeah. pull-ups. So I mean, 100 100 pull-ups. With, pull-ups. A, with a 20 pound vest on, yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. lose 20 pounds to do a pull-up, let alone add 20 <laughs> more. Dude. It's crazy. So uh, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 air squats, and then uh, and then you finish with a mile. So uh, uh, some people break it up, wow. and and they do it in like these different sets. Where they'll do like 10 pull ups, 20 push ups, 30 air squats, and then they'll just repeat that a whole bunch of times mm-hmm. and then finish with that last mile. Uh, I did it as I thought it's intended to do, which is straight through one mile, 100 pull ups, 200 push ups, 300 air squats, then a mile. And uh, so my final time was 44 minutes, 44 minutes and 57 seconds. Uh, I, I did it in. Damn, that's impressive, Croc. Getting it done in under 45 minutes. That that would be like the pull-ups would be nearly impossible. Uh, you know, the push-ups, you break them up into sets of 20. I, I like that idea. You know, mm-hmm. the squats, I would absolutely be burning, especially with the, I mean, a 20-pound vest on. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The, At that point, if, if I broke it up, I probably cut that time dra- drastic. I mean, uh, maybe t- 32 minutes or so. I, I cut that time down drastically because you you run the mile and then if you're telling me I break up the different workouts, well it gives while let's say I do ten pull ups, ten push ups, thirty air squats, that gives me time to recover for my pull ups again and then my right. push ups. So I mean exactly. that would cut my time down drastically as opposed to doing, you know, ten straight pull ups, try to regroup for a second, okay? Ten straight pull ups, you know, and, and and do it that way. That that way is is much more difficult. So breaking mm-hmm. it up I probably would have got like thirty something. 32 minutes or something. 32 Man. minutes? So give me 32 days. I got that down. Like, let's go. <laughs> One pull up a day for, for yeah. a month. And I can. Uh, so let's see here. Speaking of, I mean, I would be injured, first of all, at the end of that, if I, if I try to do that. Uh, but speaking of injuries here with the 49ers from our, our buddy Al Sacco, uh, had this stat, which is really interesting. This is basically post, post Garcia era 49ers. The 49ers have had a QB start every game in a season just five times since 2002 and just once since 2014. These are those seasons. Second year, Alex Smith, 2006. Alex Smith again in 2011, which was the first hardball year. Kaepernick then in 2013 and 2014, back-to-back seasons, the only time Mm -hmm. that's happened, of a quarterback playing uh, every regular season game for the 49ers. And then 2019, Jimmy Garoppolo, 49ers went to the Super Bowl. And it's just stunning because you see that. And first of all, they've only done it one time since 2014. So one time post-Harbaugh era have the 49ers had one quarterback start every regular season game. That was the Garoppolo 2019 Super Bowl year. And then you go back and you look at the Kaepernick years, the Alex Smith 2011 year. Really, the 2006 team is the only bad team there. Like when the 49ers have had a quarterback play the entire season, except for that rebuilding Mike Nolan second year Alex Smith team, which, by the way, wasn't that bad. They, they went 7-9 and nine that year. That was the, the Frank Gore breakout year, who was also in his second. Uh, so they were only one game under 500. The rest of these teams, you know, the 2014 49ers, that was the last year of Harbaugh. They were, I think, 8-8. Eight and eight. And then the other teams were playoffs and Super Bowl contenders. So it's Two pretty Super wild. Bowl contenders, right? Yeah. Can the 49ers have a one quarterback all year? That might be the only thing they need to do. That's asking a lot <laughs> based on the stat you just gave. 
and what we see, right? I mean, we we follow the 49ers. We know how often we need to to get that backup quarterback on the field. And yeah, it'd be great if Brock Birdie could start 16 games, 17 games, or if Trey Lance could start 17 games. It's just, is it going to happen? Probably not. You know, the 49er quarterbacks are like, are as dependable as running backs. <laughs> Oh yeah, for the Forty ers that's where they're they're devaluing quarterbacks, and they're trying to have a cheaper quarterback room now because because mm-hmm. uh, Shanahan's like, well, I can coach Nick Mullins into having a great stretch of games. So uh, all the things we said about running backs earlier, Kyle Shanahan's probably like thinking the same thing about quarterbacks. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, with the foot injury now with the Raiders, like it's you just never know what's going to happen at that quarterback position. Insane. So, and I don't envy Raiders fans because now you've got the Tom Brady thing. So they get to do the, oh, is Tom Brady going to come play quarterback yeah. for us thing? They'll, they'll, they, they're going to do that until Tom Brady's 60 years old. They got Brian Hoyer there in, in house as well. So good That's luck, true. Las Vegas. Devontae Adams has to be thrilled about that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, basically, Josh McDaniel's like, look, let's bring the Patriot way in and then let's take a little from the 49ers. Let's, let's do what they did at quarterback because it got them to a Super Bowl and NFC Championships game. So let's do that. We'll see how it works out for the for the Raiders. Crazy thing with Devontae Adams, I mean, he just came off like a career year. Dude had like fifteen hundred receiving yards, and that was with Carr. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he 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 could have a huge year with Jimmy G, uh, just you know lining up in the slot all day long, right? I don't know if it's going to look the same, but you know he should have one hundred and fifty targets. There was games I watched. Look I like Brian Hoyer. They 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 line them up as like a traditional X, and I thought that was weird. Green Bay. Motioned him around, used him in all different type of ways. I think he could have even had more receptions uh, if they just like motioned him as much as Green Bay did. Right, absolutely. Uh, next, guys, uh, th- this is an interesting one to ponder. What if Kyle Shanahan had say Joe Montana? What if Bill Walsh had Brock Purdy? What would those teams look like? And which would you take the Hall of Fame coach with the current quarterback or the current coach with the Hall of Fame quarterback? next thanks everybody for making locked on 49ers your first listen every day here on the locked on podcast network shout out to the everydayers we love you we appreciate you if you're not an everydayer make sure you are subscribed up on youtube and everywhere you get your podcast and also check out other shows on the network like the peacock and williamson nfl show daily right here at locked on all right guys uh one one quick note here now let's go i want to go to the one that wink wanted to talk about can you explain this one to us Wink about uh, what what this question is and and mm-hmm. what we have to decide about uh, historical quarterbacks in the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. So I saw this on Twitter at PFL underscore leaks or, or Niner edits. It's it's a great one. It, it's basically choose A, B, or C, right? So A's you got to go with Bill Walsh and Brock Purdy. So you get the best, you know, may, probably coach period in the NFL ever. But then you got you know second year guy, you know, young quarterback who looked good. And then there's B where it's like you get Harbaugh and you get Steve Young. Or do you go with C and you get Kyle Shanahan, but you get probably the greatest quarterback of all time in Joe Montana. So it's a, it's a great question. It's like, do you, which do you kind of weigh, put more weight in, right? Is it coaching or is it quarterback? Or do you kind of want that balance right in the middle with B? So what, what do you guys think? Who are you taking? Well, I have a big question here. This is going to determine who I take. Health. Everybody's healthy the whole year. No, oh, okay. you, you don't get to do that because that's, that's my <laughs> biggest one. Because how long is Joe Montana going to last behind yeah. center for Kyle Shanahan, right? So, well, no, that was the C gets disqualified because I don't want to see Joe Montana get <laughs> more hurt than he already was to end his career. No, I knew do, you were going there. Does Brock Purdy get Jerry Rice? 
Good question. It, it, that's not in the equation. That's not. That's not. So it's basically they they all, they all have the same. How about this? They all have the same wide receiving core. So they all get the, they, they all get the same people around them. Running backs. They all get the same wide receivers. They all get the same tight ends. They all get the same line. My mind immediately went to Montana's playing with this group of guys. Brock Purdy's playing with the you know the mm -hmm. '80s roster, and Steve Young is okay. playing with Jim Harbaugh roster. But reshape it on this. Reshape it on this. They're all playing with the current guys in the current the current time. Who are you taking? Look, I will say this: if if, if we we're putting them, if we were putting the quarterbacks in the era of the coach, the 49ers would have won a Super Bowl with Harbaugh. The 49ers would have won a Super Bowl with Shanahan, with Montana mm -hmm. and Young as those quarterbacks. Yes. So it's hard not to take those, even though as great as Bill Walsh is, he's in a different tier of those coaches. And and I would love to see a, a Bill Walsh-led team with Brock Purdy because, you know, there's some similar traits to what we saw with Montana. And could could Brock Purdy have led, you know, a, a, a Ronnie Lott, Charles Haley, Tom Rathman, Jerry Rice football team to a Super Bowl? That'd be fun to watch. That'd be interesting. But, but I'm going to lean toward probably, I think you got to lean toward the Hall of Fame quarterbacks because they, those are good coaches too, as great as Bill Walsh was. So Harbaugh is with Steve Young? Steve Young, yeah. That's who I, that's who I would yeah, say. Yeah, same. That's where I'm going. Because imagine, you know, you're playing with, with Debo and McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk, and then you put Steve Young under center, like a guy who's able to move out of the pocket. That's why they went and got Trey Lance, right? They wanted to have that extra ability, the legs. And Steve Young is one of the greatest of all time to do it. And to me, it's, it's more so about how Jim Harbaugh coached his players that like his team and hey, sure. that he instilled in everyone for them to just follow one, like 100%. And then, you know, they had a sound plan and it, it almost kind of like Shanahan, but uh, a, a little different in the sense of just, we're going to play this brand of football and we're going to punch you in the mouth. But now I have a quarterback that is probably just a little bit more aggressive than a Alex Smith, but also just a better passer of the football, but can run extremely well, uh, you know, in comparison to Colin Kaepernick. So it's almost like as a passer, you get, you know, super plus, but you still get that plus athleticism in the quarterback position. And then Harbaugh on top of him. Can you just imagine Harbaugh before the game hitting Steve Young on his shoulders, hitting him on the head, tapping him on his <laughs> chest to make sure he's ready to go? Like, man, yeah, that, you would have seen the best version of, of Steve Young. Now he swears he would love to play in Shanahan's office, but yeah. that's not part of this equation. I would have liked to see. I would rather have Trey Lance with Bill Walsh. And here's the other thing: How long are we mm -hmm. talking? Is this a one year, a one year thing, or do we get to see Trey Lance shows up in 1979? Nah, he's not accurate enough. Trey Lance with with Harbaugh. There you go. But hey, Steve Young. Steve Young barely played until he was 30 for Bill Walsh's 49. <laughs> You're not so wrong. Inaccurate and weird for a long time. Made the Hall of Fame, even though he didn't start till then. So yeah. that shows you a lot about how bright he's shown. But you, you talk about putting these quarterbacks in, you know, the time, right? So you put Brock Purdy. You mentioned all the defensive stuff with Bill Walsh, but you put him in a West Coast offense? That seems like Brock Purdy would thrive in, in that kind of scheme. That's what his scout report says. Like, timing, yeah. rhythm, play action. So that uh, might be the one to go with. And, Bill Walsh. and he can play well in that. Hold on a second. Are we sure Brock Purdy's not as good as Joe Montana? We haven't seen that play out yet. <laughs> Maybe we're going to get to see what it looks like with Joe Montana and, and Kyle Shanahan. Now, here's a question. 
Brock Purdy with uh 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 well, I'm blanking on his name. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking mm-hmm, of Nolan, mm-hmm. I don't know why. But, but Brock Purdy <laughs> with Bill Walsh or Trey Lance with Jim Harbaugh. Mm. I still go Walsh, I think. Ooh. I go Walsh I would, and Purdy. God, yeah, that's hard. I would that's go Walsh one. probably, but I, I I don't think it would look that different. Let's put those two and then, then add a third one of Joe Montana and Jim Tom Sula. <laughs> so how about this? How about this? It's uh, it, it's it's Montana with Tom Sula. It's Steve Young with Dennis Erickson. Oh! And it's Brock Purdy with Mike Singletary. Mike Singletary. <laughs> yeah, do it. Won't do it. Can't I think I'd go Brock Purdy with Singletary. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Oh, that's so bad. That's a good question. Um, and it just goes to show you that, like, because that's really unfair to Bill Walsh to be like, hey, these other guys get a Hall of Fame quarterback. And were they Hall of Fame quarterbacks if it wasn't for you? Is a big question. Yeah. If what if what if instead of Montana and Young, Bill Walsh gets rookie Purdy and rookie Trey Lance? Well, hmm. I think what about one Mooch? Thing that we have seen with how it's played out with Tom Brady and uh, Bill Belichick so so far, right? And, you know, it's still not done yet for Bill Wall, uh, Bill Walsh, uh, Bill Belichick, and we'll see how that whole thing plays out. But there was a big conversation of who's just more important to that team. And right now, you know, it's, it, one thing is very clear, and it's almost like the um, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen thing, where Scottie Pippen has been, like, kind of talking crazy about Michael Jordan to the media. Yeah, just like, a little bit. Michael, like Michael Jordan, yes, he won championships with you, et cetera. But like you've had opportunities to go elsewhere and you ain't sniffed anything without playing with Michael Jordan. Right. Mm-hmm. So you kind of needed each other, but you also you had a chance. Tom Brady has had a chance to go play without Bill Belichick. And all he did was win a Super Bowl, go to, you know, multiple playoff appearances. Right. And Belichick, like, you've been struggling without him. So I mean, we talk a lot about Bill Belichick, but how much of it was actually? I think we're starting to see the 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 the, the results of this whole thing with it being Tom Brady. The evidence that Tom Brady maybe mm-hmm. had a little bit more to do with it. Bill Belichick is the Scottie Pippen of the NFL, is yep. what Eric Crocker is saying. At he's Eric Scottie Pippen to, he, he's the Scottie Pippen to uh, uh, Tom Brady being Michael Jordan. Okay, there we go. By that. I'll buy that. I do, I do think that Pippen, we got to go, but I do think Pippen was a little unfairly killed for his latest comments because his actual quote mm. is longer and it was taken out of context. And yes. like the worst part of the quote was like put on the, and nobody listened to his whole interview. They're just like, oh, what? He said this <laughs> thing that was put in the tweet? I listened to the whole. It doesn't should, those words of, even come out of his mouth. It doesn't yeah, yeah, no, I listened to the whole quote. The, the whole quote. <laughs> I I think maybe there's a chance that he misspoke and then tried to backtrack. And NBA Twitter is just crazy too. So you can't, you, those are just roads you can't go down and everyone's crushing Scotty. Uh, I don't necessarily have Scotty's back because I do think there's some saltiness there and some things he doesn't even need to be saying because it just sounds a little bit crazy. You know what's but going on with his... I think they, I think people went too far with what he was actually saying weren't listening to what he was saying because what he said was exactly what you just said. Michael, he was young, super athletic. He was awesome. But he was taking bad shots, and they weren't winning. And then he showed up, and they put a winning culture together, and they won a whole bunch of games. 
He didn't say I'm better than Michael Jordan, but that's what he's people a terrible basketball player. He said, but yeah, again, that's what I'm saying. That's what the quote was put out there, but that's not what he said. No, he, he did, did not say, say no, he came out of his mouth <laughs> he's a terrible basketball player. That's not what he meant by what he was saying, though. He said, he said it because he said, if you look at Michael, he's a terrible basketball player. And he went on to explain what he meant about winning games and taking bad shots and all this stuff. He didn't say that Michael Jordan was bad at basketball. Okay, okay. If if I just say Peacock is a terrible podcaster, I say that Peacock is a terrible podcaster. No, because that wouldn't be the end of your sentence because everyone knows that's crazy. You could say he was terrible back when he was doing Gold Faithful with Wink, (laughs) and now he has figured it out now that you showed up. See, that's the quote. So you're the, you're the Scottie Pippen in this, but 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 the guy he's talking about was terrible. We're shooting like fifty percent from the field, winning <laughs> defensive player of the year and rookie of the year and all these crazy stuff. Now again, that doesn't equate to wins, but the way that he like just you can't say that you can't you just can't say right. Michael Jordan was a terrible back like that part can't come out your mouth. You can say that man he wasn't a good team player. He felt like he had to carry everybody, so he took bad shots. It's better say that. But you can't, you just can't let it come out your mouth, especially when you're Scottie Pippen and everybody already feels like you're super salty about him. He, he, he was on, I think, 98 7 the game. He said some more crazy stuff like today. And then you got Michael Jordan's uh, son banging Scottie Pippen's wife. Like, you know, it's just all kind of stuff going on right now that I think Scottie Pippen's a little salty about. That's what I'm saying, dude. NBA fans are absolutely out of their minds because oh, if you listen man. to the whole thing, it's not that crazy what he said. A little bit of salt in there, but that's it. And if you just that's take. It four words out of it and put quotes around it. That is not what he was saying at all. And I think you have to realize it. And Croc, you should be fighting for your boy, Scotty, because you're the Scotty Pippen of podcast. <laughs> I'll take that. That's a top 50 player ever. But with a lot less salt. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fantastic stuff. Wink, thanks for joining not us. Not making anybody's wife. My pleasure, guys. <laughs> no wife. No wife. Slops happening. Uh, podcast game like in the nba all right uh thanks everybody for listening and making us your first listen croc and i back tomorrow locked on 49ers see ya subscribe to this video